And now, you're welcome to the OMN NBA podcast. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down to Inside, Tatum spins. Okay, okay. Um, my check one two one two. If you're hearing this, uh, this is not uh, this is not a drill. This is not something new to your ears. But we are back, and we are back for good because guess what? We're approaching. We've already approached the season. I'm going to be Jamie. I'm going to be there already. Oh, we're right there. Forty-eight hours more. Okay, so we're just two sleeps away. Basically, just a sleep away. From a new NBA season, depending on how fast you listen to this podcast, we're back. And the OMN NBA podcast, the entire team would like to apologize for how off-season we've been off-season. <laughs> this off-season, uh, with regards to anything, we just packaged everything and just put it Ooh, out. Oh, and the gym working. Someone, some, some people have been to the gym? Oh, yeah, we're working on our game, you know, coming into a new <laughs> season, you know, trying to take a leap. Make an all-star team, make the all NBA team. So I drove 16 turnovers in five minutes. <laughs> to try to make the finals, bro. <laughs> all right, guys. Listen, it's it's so good to be back on the microphone. It's so good to be back to give you guys the perfect content. My name as always has been Derek, and I'm here today with my brother Jamie, all the way in New York. Man, how have you been, man? Man, just hanging in there, you know, just um surveying the landscape and then seeing all the drama that's been going on the past few months but i'm just glad basketball is back yeah man. and for me i think this has been one of the longest off season I, I don't know personally i've had to deal with because i was just um on my snapchat i think moments ago like two three hours ago and it was giving me memories i think there was a game by philadelphia Sixers and atlanta i mean hawks this time of the year yeah. last season yeah so I'm like, no, you know, because of um COVID, because of the COVID, um, the whole offseason thing was thrown off balance yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so um in, in an effort to, you know, kind of recalibrate um how the season goes, um, the league tried to just, you know, nudge the um the off seasons a little bit gradually. Yeah. Um over the, the three year period before they were able to get us back. So just like you said, like <clears throat> a few maybe two weeks ago, and I was also when they posted like memories, same memories too, when um the Lakers won the um, the championship in a bubble. I was like, that was in October. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that was, so, yeah, that was a very that. short of season. Yeah. So I think in the past, like for like three or four years now, this is like the longest off season we've had, and then it was full of drama. So uh, it, it felt a little long. So and yeah, you're to right. Me, it, it was it was it was amazing seeing it, and I think for me, it makes fans appreciate the sport even more because. It's kind of like if you have something on a silver platter and then you do not pay enough respect or you do not pay enough attention to the things that you have. So let's just say if you have basketball every time in the season, you, you're you human. You're going to get tired at some point. But if you miss it for quite a while yeah, and then the season comes, I think that's when the arenas get packed, the conversation just don't drop. And we can tell by this offseason, some of these offseason games has been so intense. Like some have been going into overtime. 
and some are even celebrating a last minute game winning shot like they just won a championship. And I think fans know what I'm yeah. talking about. So yes. I think to me the long off season has kind of helped in some in some kind of way. Do you agree? For me, I I felt bad for um, um, fans of teams that didn't make the playoffs because that means <laughs> you weren't going to see your team for like what six months. Because if exactly. if your team and, and most of the teams that that do, do not make the playoffs shut their play, they basically shut the team down. Probably somewhere in March they shut their stars down. They don't really play because there's nothing to play for. So somewhere in March, April, you don't get to see your team all the way to like late October. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, and that's sad, and that's sad. Even for the fans, because because it's, it's this now you're just thinking if you made the right decision in life to support that team. But hey, to me, man, it's pace because I had to watch the Golden State Warriors uh suck so much from like when I started supporting the team in like 2011 and 2010. And people were like, "Why do you even support this team? Nobody even knows anybody on this team." I'm like. Psst. One day it will get better. I remember getting trolled on Twitter back then around 2011-12 by the Celtic fans and Laker fans. Like, your team is never going to win anything. Like, it's a waste of time. You guys will lose to Denver, the Spurs. And it's like, psst, maybe our time will come. So, hey, if we're a shallow Hornets fan, hey, who knows, man? Maybe your time will come anytime soon. Man, man, man. <laughs> Sometimes I really ask, I did like a real basketball team or they just like in a simulation because it doesn't feel real sometimes. To me, with all the things going on down there. So, one of the questions I really want to ask the the whole Charlotte organization is what is the motive going into the season? Because you just watch them play incredibly bad basketball sometimes, and fans are there to watch players show up like. How do players feel to lose like 50, 60 games in the season? Like consistently, you're just losing. Like I, I really want to know. And, and there's so much drama with players going to jail, players being abusive to their spouses. And there's just so much. To just, I, I wonder how the head of basketball operations in Charlotte is feeling. And even the someone, fans. Someone was making a joke. Someone was making a joke that Mike Jordan had like enough of the of the nonsense and then decided to oh. sell the team. And, and that's Michael Jordan. The <laughs> and that's Michael too. Imagine Michael Jordan have, having enough of their their whole drama, man. That's that's a lot, man. But anyway, guys, Charlie, we miss you guys wherever you've been listening. We appreciate you guys for the patience that you guys have had for us. Um, we love you guys as always. That you guys always put us on top of your favorite basketball podcast lists. Uh, of course, the other team. Big shout out to. Jeff, big shout out to Marcus, big shout out to Garnett, all the guys that will be joining in this season. It's going to be a long season. It's going to be a season full of fun. And if your team loses well, we hope you stay up and, and get short because the last season, you know, those are a lot of things that happen. But anyways, when we get into that, we'll just start with the preseason. I mean, preseason games just ended. Uh, all the teams are resting, trying to get rejuvenated for the season opener, which is going to be against the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, one of the best matchups that we had uh, for the playoffs last season. But before we get into that, we're just going to look at each team's preseason analysis or basically a preseason lookover. Now, I mean, since Jamie says, always oh, it's only right that I start with the Boston Celtics. Now, it looks like the Celtics are really, really, really after something. Because, hey, imagine you're having Drew Holiday. Another champion, an incredibly good defender, great offensive player, so I can give you 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 points. Now you're adding a huge size like Christopher Zingis, who I would say 
as a as someone who admires New York Knicks, he can't deceive me again. But who knows what he has in store for the Boston Celtics? But it looks like the the Celtics team is it's like it's looking like an offensive machine. There's no stopping them anywhere. Because I mean, Brown and Tatum is gonna drop your 60, 70 on you. And I have Drew Holiday playing hard defense. Derek White has been an awesomely good defender. And now this Porzingis is going to block your balls. Uh, you know? And, pause, pause, uh, pause, pause, pause. Hey, yo. Block your work? Hey, yo. Hey, yo. again inside the paint. So, Jamie, are you satisfied with the Boston Celtics team with all the drama that's been happening? But personally, how do you rate your team coming into this new season? Well, I mean, it, it, it looks like it's 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 the it's 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 going to be that year mm. where if, if all things go as planned, um, they are looking to live the championship. I don't know if it's the world championship or is it NBA championship, but whichever one you you believe or ascribe to, um, they are looking to to live that championship this year. So, if you look at all the roster moves they made, if you look at all the front office moves and then the coaching staff moves they've made, you know, it's just pointing to the whole um, belief that this is the year that they are really, really going all out for it. If you look at all the acquisitions they made, you know, having to make that difficult decision to part with Marcus Smart, that decision to part with um, um, Brogdon and Robert Williams to get Drew Holiday, I should tell you that they've, they've really, really tried hard to rev on their roster and then um, make a huge splash and then um, go all out and win the championship. So I'm just excited. They, they, they've looked good in the preseason. And so I'm just looking forward to what they're going to bring in, a, in the regular season when it actually begins against the top dogs from both the East and the West. I'm just excited. Mm. Um, There was there was just one concern that people were having with regards to our Horford's uh, durability in terms of his potential decline during the season and potentially during the playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because Horford shows showed actually showed those signs uh from last season's playoffs. Um, I mean we can call it last season now because it's over and we're starting a new one. So, what are your thoughts on Horford? I mean, it's one of the reasons they got Porzingis right because. Um, coming down the playoffs in the last two years, when they went to the finals and when they lost to Miami in the conference finals, it became obvious that um, it got to a point they were lacking at a big position, right? That's why they, they did all they could to get Porzingis in in, in that trade. So uh, hopefully Porzingis takes off some of that burden for him. But you know, you can have a lot of questions about Porzingis's health, but definitely they are both going to alternate and then um, trying to fill up that. But but um Hovard is old and then he's 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 it looks like he's going to come off the bench this season. So hopefully his his load is not going to be already he hasn't been playing in back to backs. So definitely he's going to be fresh and ready for the playoff. But he wouldn't have to be, you know, that guy. Definitely you're going to need your bigs, but once Porzingis is there, the team is going to be playing differently and then he's going to do a lot of the interior work for for, for the team. So Hofford doesn't have to um do way too much. He's just going to you know, do the best he can, but you know, uh, we'll just see how things go, especially with um, with the team health, because everything is going to put on health. Because if Porzingis gets healthy, um, injured again, God forbid, then everything falls back on Hofford again. So, 
we're just hoping that uh, they are, they are both healthy and then we'll see how the, the team, you know, um, pans out this season. Mm. What happened or what were your initial reactions to finding out that one of the players that was actually the mouthpiece of the team, uh, a great defender, actually someone who's actually won the defensive player of the year, formerly a uh, former defensive player of the year two seasons ago. And someone who's who many were thinking was gonna was gonna be a Boston Celtic for the rest of his career. I mean, in this game, you can't really predict what's gonna happen. But Marcus Smart is in Memphis now, and you have Drew Holiday. What are your thoughts on that swap? I mean, it wasn't a direct swap, but losing Smart and gaining Drew Holiday, do you think it's an A plus or do you think it's an F? For sure, the A plus. You can you can definitely say Drew Drew Holiday is an upgrade over Marcus Smart. And you're looking at the championship pedigree he already has, his defense and then his offense also and his decision making, running the point, and 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 all those things, the leadership on the floor. Um, you, you can't say it's by a mile per se, but definitely, uh, and it wasn't just about upgrading from Smart because. Um, it, it was a circumstantial trade, if, if you if you'd want to put it that way. Something had to happen, so it was a domino that fell that fell from somewhere, and then um, the team had to make that move. When talking about when Dame got traded, and then Drew became available, so then it became two things. Okay, uh, Dame was going to put um, Milwaukee a little bit ahead of Boston, so you needed to revamp your team, and so you, you went out and got Drew Holiday. You had to make that tough decision of, you know, putting Robert Williams in a trade to get Drew Holiday. So, definitely he needed that that um, Drew Holiday um, um, trade to, to be able to, you know, withstand what could possibly be a team that um, the Milwaukee Bucks will put in front of you. So, I mean, all in all, I, I feel like everything worked out perfectly and then we're happy. We're happy for Smart and whatever he did for the team in the past nine years. And then we are just wishing all the best in Memphis also. Mm. Let's see. The Celtics opener uh, is on Wednesday, uh, 11 p.m. GMT in Ghana. And I think West Africa. And I don't know. What time is it in New York? Seven. You guys are playing the Knicks. Seven. Okay. So Celtics is playing the Knicks. It's a classic matchup as always. And looking at how the Knicks are playing, so be another long season for us as well against New York Knicks. But anyways, uh, approaching the new season, approaching the opener, what are you most uh looking forward to? Is it the offense? Is it how the team is going to play together as a unit? What is the one thing that you saw preseason that you're looking forward to during the regular season, especially in the season opener? Well, I think if you look at how the roster was constructed, it was just um, built to fit into the whole Mazula ball philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. So that whole team identity is just do whatever you, you do as a player and then add shoot into it. So if you look at all the acquisitions they made, they made like, you look at the top six um, players on the team, they are all like shooters that you cannot just leave wide open, right? Um, but one thing I'm just looking forward to seeing is the crunch time um, offense. And that has been the team's you know, Achilles heel for like many years now. And it has killed them several, several, several times. So I'm just looking forward to how differently they will play the offense this time with Drew and then Chris Tapps on the team. 
and then how they are going to face Miami in case they meet again in the playoffs, how they are going to face Miami, the, the, the Miami Heat zone with Chris Tapps now on the team who can operate from the middle and then, um, you know, how he's going to play the pick and roll with Tatum and all these guys. I'm just I'm just looking forward to it, but everything is just um, theoretical right on on paper, but um, we're just hoping to see it on, on the floor eventually from um, Wednesday. Hmm. The last Celtic, I mean, preseason game was against Charlotte, where they won 99 to 127. Uh, Jalen Brown played 23 minutes, same as Tatum, same as Pozingans, and also Drew Holiday and Derek White. And then, you know, we had the, you know, second and third unit coming in. And it was a pretty nice game, actually. Were you impressed with the win? Yeah, I mean, or it's just preseason. I guess, I guess, I guess, like mm. what I saw with the starters, uh, they, they defended well, they shot the ball well. Those are normal things that you can see, especially if you are playing like a team that's resting all, almost all of their their starters. But I'm just the preseason is preseason. I just want to see what happened, at least like in the first, you know, ten to twenty games of the season. I think that's when you can actually see what the team is, you know, built like. Not even on opening night because opening night is when teams try to actually play real basketball the ball and then try to gel and then try to run the things they've been working on all, all, in, the, all in the off season. So, I mean, let's give ourselves time. I mean, I feel like the excitement is there, the enthusiasm is there, but we have to give ourselves time to see how the season will progress. Okay. All right. So, to all the Boston Celtics fans, uh, Jamie, uh, your, your leader, <laughs> I should say, has... <laughs> Idolized your team, but I mean, of course, I agree with most of the things that he said. And I personally, uh, it's angry because Drew Holiday is one of my favorite point guards, and a lot of my friends know this because from way back when he was in New Orleans, uh, I used to hype him a lot, and people were like, he's trash, and like, you see, so when he won the championship, he was one of the reasons why I wanted the Milwaukee Bucks to win a 2021 championship. So, kudos to the Boston Celtics, you've had a great point guard in return for losing Marcus Smart. But it's preseason, like Jamie said. Now the season is here. We're approaching it. And then there's a lot of things going to happen. Let's now take a look at the Golden State Warriors now. The former champions uh, two seasons ago, well, they've had also someone interesting into their team, in addition into the point guard position. They lost a point guard and gained one as well. I don't know if I should call Poole a point guard because he doesn't play like one to me. Would you call him a point guard? Poole, a combo. Yeah, he plays like a like a shooting guard. I, I don't know. Like on the court. Yeah, it's more like he's more like a shooting guard who can do point guard things in like mm, spots. Yeah, yeah, like a two way guard, but not really. Good yeah, defense. like you can you can see him like maybe like a Devin Booker. Like he's he's mostly focused on scoring, but. Like he can run the offensive sometimes also, but he likes to score most of the time. Mm. You know, like most like the point guards are like the pass first, but then the shooting guards are like shoot first. So he's mm-hmm. he's more like the shoot first guys. So I'll be yeah, I'll put him as a two, but mostly like a combo guy. Absolutely. Well, they lost Jordan Poole to the Washington Wizards, where he's been balling out to ups. Absolutely, we'll get into that. But now let's look at the Golden State Warriors, where they've added the main driver to the team now, like. People are saying Chris Paul, the point guard, the point guard. Uh, who would have thought? I think that was the first initial reaction everybody has that Chris Paul, Golden State, 
after all the rivalry, all the rivalry with the Houston Rockets in 2015, 16, 17. I mean, how many seasons now? 18. That 18. Yeah, that, that 18 season. That 18 season. Who would I imagine what like would have happened? Nobody I mean. was thinking this was going to. I mean, it, it didn't even sound believable coming from Shams, coming from Wolves. And it still doesn't feel real until, like, the actual season. Like, it's it's still unreal. Like, him holding it. the jersey, him even playing for the team, him celebrating Steph Curry's three-point shots. It's just like... It looks like a Halloween costume to me. <laughs> it is Halloween because we're in October, man. Like, what's happening? Yeah. You have to live up to the dream sometimes, but they have CP3 here. And I think, you know... Regular season, he played a bit over 20 minutes. He was averaging eight points per game in four games. And it's still hard to know if what his role will be. Now, that has been the main question, and we will, we're getting into that straight away. Now, look at the Golden State Warriors team. The point guard position is solidified. You're not taking that one away from Steph Curry. The shooting guard position, however, has been a bit of a conversation because of Clay Thompson's uh, a little bit of up there, a little bit of down there, inconsistency. Uh, well, the other position is, you know, it can be rotated. But Chris Paul coming in, uh, does that mean that the Golden State Warriors play with two-point guards? Do they go small again? What is going to be Chris Paul's role on this team, looking at how the Warriors team is structured, Jamie? Yeah, so with Chris Paul, it's, it's a little, you know, weird looking at how the Golden State roster was constructed, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at how um, the Golden State Warriors run the offense, and look, if you look at how Chris Paul has played his offense over the years that we are all used to, right? But um, I wouldn't like them to play small because you know the small ball thing was fun while it lasted, but teams don't like to play small. Maybe a few times in the game, but playing small and playing fast, you know, it, it might help you a few times, but. The bigs are still dominating. If you meet teams, because if you're going to meet um, Jokic, if you're going to meet Anthony Davis, if you're going to meet Embiid, and now Porzingis is in Boston, even teams like with like people like Mitchell Robinson, Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo, you can say he's small, but he's still a big. He, he plays like a big because he defends very well, right? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Yeah, playing small all the time might, might, might not help you. So you definitely want to go big. If you want to go big, that means one of the guards have to come off the bench, and definitely it should be Chris Paul. I know he's he's been starting his whole life, but it's time to you know accept that role. And then if you look at how he plays, and then how he's able to you know run the offense, it would help some of the Golden State bench guys. You know, if you look at someone like Kuminga, if you look at Moody, and all these guys like. They are players who are also ascending. If you saw them in the previous, they were playing like real, real good. So, dude, need someone who would like set things up for them on the floor. So, if you have Chris Paul running that um, bench uh, unit with all the pick and rolls here and there, and then the cutting into the paint with the mid range and here and there, you know, baseline jumpers. I mean, it will be it will be it be interesting to see how they run it. But it depends on how well he buys onto that role. Um, of the bench, but if 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 the team is going to win, I believe um, uh, Chris Paul should come off the bench and have St- uh, Stephen Stephen Clay start uh, in the backcourt. They can have Wiggins and then Draymond and then uh, Looney in the frontcourt. So 
I think coming off the bench will be the best unless unless at some point in the, in the game they decide to you know go small depending on what the other team is doing then it is okay let's run you know the the, the, the three guards and then you know, like maybe Wiggins and Draymond or something like that maybe if Rudy is on the bench um, that kind of lineup those are things they can tinker with but starting the game that because teams that have bigs always start with their bigs mm-hmm. it's it's that's 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 what happens. Teams that have good bigs, they start with their bigs. So, if 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 you're going to start small against a team that's big, you're already handicapped. So, let's see. Let's see how things go. But I, I hope he comes off the bench. Mm. You think the best position is for him to be a set man at the moment? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And and, and looking at what it, we haven't really talked about is his, his health and his durability, right? If you look at the past few years, he's really been hurt mostly like deep into the season when the body gives up. So if you have Chris Paul in, in and out of the lineup every time, it, it disrupts how you want things to flow. But if he's off the bench, he's coming off the bench and he's injured, it might probably be negligible. You might not even notice it, you know, lineup-wise. But because Chris is someone who, um, when he comes on, on, on the floor, you, you have to change entirely how you play. Because he doesn't play like the Steph Curry, move around, relocate, move around, relocate, run around. Yeah, you know, he's like coming right at you. Come set the pick. Let me run into the. Let me cut into the paint and then make a make a play for somebody else. Steph doesn't Steph doesn't move that way. Steph will give the ball up and then run around the court and then by the time you know he's on the other side of the court waiting for a wide open look to to shoot the ball. Chris doesn't play that way. Mm-hmm. And so once Chris on the floor, especially with Steph, then how are you running it? Okay. He, can run things for for Steph also. Then that means you're taking Steph off the ball most of the time. Because if you're taking Chris off the ball, then what what are you? What is the use of Chris uh, in the game? Because Chris mostly functions, you know, much better, better with the ball know, in his hands. Yes. So it's better to have him off the bench where he can have the ball in his hands and then run things like the point guard, like just how he's been known to 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 to, to play. So I think off the bench would be the best you know possible situation for the team. Mm. Another player on the Warriors that we're still going to look at his potential ability to, to start is Jonathan Kuminga. And he's been on a hot streak since Draymond Green has been considered out and even questionable for the season opener now. Kuminga, he, he led the league in entire scoring during the preseason with 96 points in total, which averages to 24 points per game. So with Draymond Green out now, the question is, is Kerr going to take that risk of making Kuminga a starter even when Green comes back or he's going to still drop him to the bench and still go with his go-to guy and officially, I could say, the mouthpiece of the Golden State Warriors? I think Kuminga will come off the bench. He should come off the bench. Um, he's still learning. And I mean, I don't want to count it out like, Pro preseason, it's preseason, but yeah, it's preseason. Most of the things would pan out when you know the 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 season begins, but there's no way Draymond is coming off the bench because if you really even observe how this team has functioned over the past few years, Draymond is like the de facto point guard of the team, even though Steph starts in that position, but Draymond runs the offense a lot of times, also just like Steph does. So if you take Draymond off the court and then put your Kuminga in there. That means you, you, you're taking away not just the defense that Draymond is going to bring to you, but you're also taking away the playmaking 
that you are going to need to start the game on a very good note. I'm not saying Kuminga is a bad player, but he's not there yet. So he would function more coming off the bench and then having someone like Chris again running things for them and then putting them in that position to succeed. So for now, coming off the bench will be better for him. Okay. How 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 good can Kuminga get with CP3 part of the Golden State Warriors runner? Because people say he brings the best out of people or basically players that can really fly. We saw that with Blake Griffin and people said they had no idea who Andre Ayton was until CP3 joined the team. So we're still looking at the potential of him unlocking Jonathan Kuminga. Do you think CP3 can you know, still be up to that task, even at his age at the moment? Well, if, 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 you look, if you look at his upside, right, with the size he has and the strength he has, with you know driving into the paint and then uh, you know um shoot yeah i mean he shouldn't need some more 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 polishing but definitely as as a wing who can you know assert his 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 role on the game he needs he needs someone to run things for him you know set things up nicely because he's he's not like a playmaker or anything like that and he's not someone who can like one hundred percent go get his own shot so Definitely, you need someone to, you know, set things up here and there for him. He's still growing. He might, you know, get to that point at some point in his career. But for now, he's not someone you can just put the ball in his hands and tell him to go do something. You know, he might do it in a, in a few spots here and there, but that's not his game. So having someone set him up, you know, for some lobs or for some, you know, pick and rolls where he can just dive to the basket and then get some easy layouts here and there, get some back cuts, uh, uh, in the paint for easy layups, those are things that um, he can benefit from. So if you have someone like Chris on the court running the offense for them, definitely it, it sets them up also very, very good. And not just him, but um, you should look at Moody and then all these new guys that are on the team. Definitely there are players that are going to need some time to, to develop, but Kumenga, it's it's time for that leap and then he 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 is going to be one of the guys that would have to contribute a lot this year to the team. Mm. Do you think it was, a, it was a bad idea letting letting Jordan Poole go? I would say it's a bad idea, but so it's it's two things, right? If you look at what happened between him and Draymond, it became obvious that both of them weren't going to be on the team, and then it was the team wasn't going to succeed. Both of them on the team, one had to go, and definitely it wasn't going to be Draymond who would be the team. So. Um, who had to be moved, but at the same time also was a financial decision because if you look at um, the contract they gave Paul and then they had to pay Draymond and then Steph, uh, sorry, Clay has to also be paid and if you look at how the new CBA has been set up, it was going to bite the team so hard, so they have to take on um, Chris Paul's expiring contract, so it's either after this season, Chris Paul is gone from the team, and then that means that salary is off the books, or he comes back on on the team on a very 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 team friendly um deal, like a huge pay cut to return to the team. So it was it was was um was like a financial decision, and also um I'd say a social decision, or a chemistry um influence 
uh, decision because uh, trying to have, it, have, last have, have, that, a, have a great camp, like make sure that everybody's on the yeah, same. because yeah, yeah, because it was like some kind of uh, demons that they had to deal with all of last year. Because definitely, you're not going to be on the same page with someone who, who just you know punched you in the face in front of the whole world, right? So, one had to go when he, it couldn't be Draymond, Draymond was still valuable to the team, even though he was the corporate, but they had to, you know, sweep down another carpet and, and then keep Draymond. So they decided that Poole had to go, but... And then Poole needed some time to be that guy also, you know, in watching the way he can have the ball in his hand and, you know, take 30 shots again. He wasn't going to do that in Golden State, definitely. So it's it's better that they moved him into Washington and then he'll be part of the Washington rebuild where he can shoot 100 shots a night where nobody would care. If, if he already got his ring and he got his money. So what else does he care about? <laughs> okay, I mean, another addition to the Warriors team was Dario Saric. So he brings great size to the team. And he's going to be sort of like a rim protector for the team too as well. So I think the Warriors, they're going to do incredibly great coming into the season. Do you do you see them as a threat for the championship? I, I Well, I love the, 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 the Saric addition also. Because again, it, it comes back to the Chris Paul thing, right? He fits more with Chris Paul. Mind you, he was on the same team with Chris Paul in Phoenix before he, he blew up his yeah. ACL yeah. Um, in, 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 in that playoff series. So him and Chris Paul, because he's like a stretch big who can like shoot from anywhere on the court, right? So mm-hmm. if, you have, if you have him and Chris, they can run a lot of two-man game. Um, and he's also like an underrated playmaker also. He can do a few things here and there with the ball in his hands. So I think he fits, he fits well on the team is going to help them with that other part of um, junior position and then the Bielisa thing that they, they, they had in, 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 in the 2022 season, which they loved a lot last year. So um, I think adding search to the team helps a lot. It's going to help them, especially if they run that bench in with Chris Paul also. But, you know, the West, the West got tough, you know, coming to a question, the West is stacked. So let's see, but definitely they're going to be in the playoffs. But how the team is going to fare will depend on the matchups they meet. Because if they meet the Lakers again, the Rivers Lakers, if you meet what the Phoenix, the Victory Phoenix, it's going to be interesting to see. So let's let's see. I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just excited to see what happens in the West this year because you might end up having like very very good ten teams where only eight of them will make the playoffs. So. It's going to be a dogfight in the West. It's going to be definitely a dogfight in the West. Okay, so we can continue this preseason conversation and not look at the obvious uh, king of American basketball since uh, Noah Laos has put us on on the whole world champion of what notice. <laughs> so the kings of American basketball, the Denver Nuggets, uh, we can't end. We can't talk about preseason and not look at the champions, obviously. So, already, their MVP is going viral for not really caring too much about basketball in the offseason and only caring about stables, horses. So, hey, that's just Jokic being Jokic, man. He looks like he's just doing a 9-to-5 work and then comes up and pick up a basketball whenever he wants, and he's still good at it. So, uh, don't be don't be surprised. Anyways, uh, Mike Malone, the coach, said he's challenging Jamal Murray this season to become an all-star for the first time and an, and an all-NBA season performer too at the same time. So 
looking at how he played last season and looking at Jamal Murray before the injury, uh, is he is he on the All Star track? Is he on an All NBA level player? No, he has the potential, but it, it's still it's it's still crazy to think that he hasn't been an All Star before. Yeah. I could have sworn that he was <laughs> he was an All Star before, right? Go because. And yeah, was... because he, he hasn't been very productive since the bubble. You remember that, you know, back and forth he had with Donovan Mitchell in last series? Exactly. In the bubble? Yeah, but since then he's been injured and he's been up and down and then he's been here and there. So, yeah, it's, it's it's I mean, Malone is not crazy for him to have such expectations of Jamal at least At least he should be an all-star. At least he should be an all-star. He has, he has, he has all the the tools in the toolbox. Yeah, I mean, you can count him in top ten point guards in the in the league at the moment, right? Yeah, but even now, he doesn't even have to do point guard things because Jokic is going to do it. So all he has to do is to score. <laughs> so that shouldn't be too hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, uh, Mike Malone says he's challenging Jamal Murray, who's now an NBA champion, uh, to be an All Star and an All NBA level player this season. Anyways, Michael Porter Jr. was also slowed down by an ankle injury. So then I guess, you know, the titles winning starting lineup, which also had Aaron Gordon and Cantivis Cardo Pope. I mean, they still they still there. I mean, Michael Porter. Was Bruce Brown also. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm I was going there. So now the question is, how is the new bench going to look like? Because they've lost Bruce Brown and Jeff Green is also gone. Now Christian Brown, who played, you know, a huge impact on the team, will not have like bigger shoes to fill in. And also looking at Reggie Jackson from the bench, it looks like he's gonna be uh looked up to for more offense when you know Jamal Murray is resting or Jokic is also on the bench. Now losing Bruce Brown, is that a big blow or you still think the Denver Nuggets are gonna retain their title? I wouldn't say a big blow, but you know, like in every title run, there's like special role players who like really excel. Of course. Right? And then he was you could arguably say he was that that person still off the bench um for them in in, in that postseason run they made last season. So losing him is a big deal. There's a reason why they couldn't pay him because um his his stock was so high. Uh so but it, not only him, but losing Jeff Green also was, was huge. Um they they, they managed to have like well, they, they just extended Zignaji two days ago or something like that. Um, let's see how he steps into that big man role when you're on the bench. And then they put so much stock into Christian Brown. He was good in it. for a rookie. He was so good and, um, in, 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 the, in, the, in the playoffs last year. So hopefully he takes he takes a, a, a huge step this, this season also. That leap is very important for the success of this team. So I mean, they could repeat because man, Jokic is Jokic. You see, so um, what are you going to do to Jokic? Like, are you going to put Rui on him? Nobody knows. So, <laughs> Jokic is going to be Jokic, and once Jokic is doing Jokic things, you have a lot of work to do. So, let's see how things go. But I, I, I still think they'll be a very, very great team. It will take a lot to beat them. Mm. Okay, we're not going to take a look at all the teams. Obviously, we have more episodes coming up, so we're just going to look at a couple of the teams and then we'll look at what's going to happen uh, coming into this new season and some of the viral moments that happened during this offseason. Now, you know, we can't talk basketball and not talk about the Darling team for the media, of course. 
Everybody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> that boy from Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus in favorite team, but he's always, you know, <laughs> optimistic about something going to happen with LeBron and the adjustments yeah. team. The <laughs> <laughs> adjustments. I wonder what adjustments they are bringing in this season. Obviously, they made so many adjustments in, in the Yeah, of course. I mean, Rob yeah, Palenka was cooking. Listen, Palenka was was up at midnight trying to put stuff together whilst we were also recording podcasts and all that. <laughs> but anyways, man, LeBron is there. AD is still here. Austin Reed's got a new contract. The same for D'Angelo Russell. And they added, you know, Gabe Bisson to... Vanderbilt. Yeah, this Vanderbilt. Yeah, of course, Vanderbilt as well. But the interesting pickup is Gabe Vincent. Now, like you and I, we didn't even know he was Nigerian anyways. But finally, we have an Omo Nigerian in the LA team. Well, um, the funny thing is, I, I've always known he's he's Nigerian. I don't know why people didn't know, but... I've, I think I, from I, mean, at least I, didn't, I didn't really... Because his name, the Gabe was kind of like giving me some different American yeah. vibe, but... Yeah, um, before he came in the league, he, he was he was using NMD. I don't know why he... He changed it, but when when he before he went into Miami, I, I knew him. I, I didn't know much about him, but I knew him. And if you remember, um, before the um twenty twenty one Olympics, um, Nigeria played an exhibition game with the US. Yes, and then they beat the US. Yes, yes, and yes. he was on that team. That be the US, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. if you remember, or if anybody listening remembers, like there was this moment when Stephen A was on his show, like he was going off on the US team, talking about how they made some team, some players from Nigeria beat them. Yeah, and, and that and then, was, so he was yeah. like a, a dude called what Gabe in Namdi. So he was, and then people were like so, so, so angry. People were so riled up because they felt like why was he mentioning the names like they were some crazy names, just in, in an attempt to. You know, you know, blast the US team, but in an attempt to blast the US team, he was disparaging the Nigerian team also. So he was in the mix. So all I know, I had always known. So once I found out he was on um, Miami team as Gabe Vincent, I was like, why did this guy change his name? But I mean, it is what it is. He changed his name and then he's now balling real hard. And I think his addition to the Lakers, I think the Lakers are trying to find a player who's had. Uh, after the whole bubble championship experience, and he's not a champion, but his run to the finals was was impressive last season, and so that's a great pickup for the LA Lakers. So they are hoping that he can do the same thing he did with Miami Heat in LA. Let's just see what's gonna happen. But the question is about the fifth starter on the Lakers team. Now there's been a lot of players. I mean, the new signing Jackson Hayes and this Christian Wood. They signed everybody. <laughs> Listen, I think I can even get a you know a, a ten day contract if I just set my life myself in LA, man. Well, you should, you should make your way there before Tuesday. <laughs> just sh- just show up, just show up in your jersey and sneakers. You know, they'll put you on a roster. Anyway, so looking at the Lakers, um, they had a pretty great ending to the season, especially coming with regular season where they was playing tournaments, you know, brewing or knocking at at, at their door, but they, you know, managed to survive that. They beat the Golden State Warriors in the second round, and then they got swept uh, in the finals of the Western Conference, which they still felt they could have won, but I still don't know how. And so we'll just move past that. But 
there's two AD, there's D'Lo, there's Reeves, there's, of course, LeBron going strong. And, of course, there's Rui Hachimura, who's still balling hard. So, apart from Vanderbilt, who's had to, you know, a bruise heel in the in, in the first game in the preseason. So, he's, he's still probably going to be uh, reevaluated by Friday, according to uh, ESPN. So, looking at the L.A., looking at L.A., um, they're still looking for a title, which is not Corona you know, inspired. It's it's a championship. I agree. I don't like the team, but I agree with them. It's a championship. Anyway, everybody can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what what do you think of the team? Do you think do you feel like it's a new team or do you still feel like it's still it's still the same old Lakers? Well, no, it's a con- no. There's there's continuity. If you look at, I mean, we are not going to talk about the first half of the season. We are going to talk about post trade deadline Lakers, right? It was was a team that, you know, they hurriedly put together that they didn't have a lot of time to really plan or in good training camp together. But having this whole offseason to work and, and to plan and then to strategize for the coming season, you, you can see that they're going to be really good because they managed to address most of their needs, especially in the big section and then shooting, right? I didn't get Vincent resigning Hachimura, Austin Reeves, getting Torin Prince, and all these guys. Even Christian Wood, you know, he's going to be good for them offensively. I don't know how well he's going to hold up um, defensively, but he will definitely hold his own against some teams. But he's going to he's going to have his own moments. But if you have run an idea on your team and you have all these like good pieces surrounding them, your team is expected to be good. But one thing that's going to define this team is what position AD decides or accepts to play. Is he going to play the four? Is he going to play the five? Is he going to be alternating between the two? Because their whole roster, that dynamic is going to depend on where AD wants to play. Because if AD wants to play the four, now you have to slide someone like Christian Wood to the five. If AD wants to decide he's going to play the five, which he doesn't like to, then that means you're going to decide if you're going to start... Um, Jared Vanderbilt, where are you going to start touring Prince? What are you going to do at the four? So it's there's there's some questions to be asked or to, to be asked or to be answered over there. Uh, but as a team, I think Rob Pelinka really cooked and the, the meal it smells good. It smells good, but uh opening night they are, they are facing Denver again, which they, they are so so hell bent on winning. So uh, I don't remember the last time a, a championship team lost. You know, a game on their ring night. So <laughs> I, I'm still looking forward to how that game is going to go. But it's not going to be just a one-off thing because you can only get that bragging right back if you beat them in 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 a in a seven-game series. Because beating a team just once after they, they swept you <laughs> in, in the playoffs just before you, you can't have that bragging right. They still carry the bragging right for sweeping you. Regardless of how the season ended or the series ended or how the series went, whether the games were close or the games weren't, whether you put Rui on your kitch or whether you did adjustments, you got swept. Just take that with your chest and then you know come back and then face them. But uh, it's going to be a fun rivalry this season that we would all enjoy. And I think I, I I think I enjoyed the coach banter too from Mike Malone saying, "Hey, if they're still talking about yeah, us, he was then... talking his talk." Yeah, man, and I'm like, you know what, coach, I really like that reply. But anyways, you know, that's the the darling Lakers there, and 
what they have going on. I think in opening season, um, I think I forgot the schedule. Yeah, they're playing. I mean, sorry, it's opening night. And I was actually going to talk about the fact that they had to play the Warriors opening nights two seasons ago, where AD went out and said, you know, he likes to spoil the ring night, and then he got destroyed. So hopefully he doesn't yeah. say anything this time around. <laughs> yeah, ring nights, ring nights, uh, ring nights are for the champions. I do, I, it's yeah. not something I really, really struggle with. That's okay. You can have it. If it's your night, enjoy it. <laughs> okay so that's your darling lakers uh i mean of course there'll be more episodes coming where we'll dig deep into that for now we're just looking at how the preseason went for the lakers they lost to the golden state warriors twice yeah, yeah it's only should, people, should people be concerned or do you think do you think the lead was lost with the the third and second no nah. nah. i'll start i'll start making my opinions on teams from christmas mm, okay okay that answers the question. Anyways, let's move on and look at another team that's brewing up to be uh, a superstar team full of champions. Uh, I won't say champions. I won't use the word champion, but with an NBA champion mixed up uh, in the in the vet society. I'm talking about the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Suns are able to get Devin Booker through, you know, their draft process. They have Kevin Durant, and now they have Bradley Beal. Now, this is a three- great offensive driven players and defensively not that bad but great but offensively elite is this the season for charles barkley's former team phoenix Suns? <laughs> they would definitely be up there you know yes their, their floor their floor should at least be the conference finals that should be their floor um if you look at the additions they made up adding Durant last season and then adding Bill in this offseason. That's like, like you said, like a huge, like big deal. Um, it's an offensive firepower, right? But now the team is with, without a point guard. And you know how important point guards like the league. Book was, was a point guard for most of the players when Chris Paul was out. But how well he's going to do it like over an 82 game season, especially when he also has his own injuries mostly during the season that grind never stops bothering him and so um, you, you we live to see how they're going to run that but when it comes to scoring that's not something anybody should talk about right nobody nobody's really worried about them because if you have at least two of them on the fly the same all the time you're bound to win. even if you you run just 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 one of them and a couple of mannequins on the floor they're still going to cook right because they are they are that good offensively, and even defensively, and not not too bad. KD is a decent defender. You know their bench. You know, I mean, it's it's not something I really complain about because teams that are top heavy usually don't have a, a crazy like good bench. You know, it's not really balanced. So, and if you have a team that's like top heavy, all you pray for is health because if you have good health, you can have at least two of your guys on the floor any given time and then mix them up with some you know average uh, good guys and then the team can still hold things down you know in, in the game so i think their floor should be at least the conference finals do be good they'll score a ton of points and so the plan is simple just to come out of it to outscore everybody and they can go ahead and, and drop 130 points on every single team every single night if they are rolling because if you have Bill and then Book and then KD on your team, what else should you expect? Just buckets upon buckets. So <laughs> they are going to be fun to watch. 
we'll just we'll just see how you know they match up against other teams in the league. So I think that will be that for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think they are now a started team, three three star man team, you know, book, KD, and my guy. Anyways, we'll move on to another team that <laughs> there's a lot of drama in that camp, and I think it's because of one man and one man only. The man that we're probably never going to see him without his beard for, you know, for how long we we, 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 we are on earth. But anyways, I'm talking about James Harden in Philadelphia sending the 76ers now. So much drama going on between the player and the head of basketball operations, Daryl Murray. Now, James Harden called him a liar. Daryl Murray says, you know what, I'm still doing my job and doing all of that. Do you feel James Harden is pulling his old tricks again? I'm not happy with this team. What am I going to do? Request a trade and move on to another. The script is there. Every, everybody's seen the script. So we are just watching the script play out again. We saw it in um, Houston. We saw it in Brooklyn. And now we're seeing it in Philadelphia. So he's been he's been disengaged from the team all of season. He came into training camp a few days and then left. He hasn't played a single preseason game and it doesn't look like he'll be there for the season opener. He's made it clear, I don't want to be here. Find a deal for me. And it doesn't look like they're getting a deal done anytime soon because the Clippers are not also willing to engage, uh, include Harrison Mann in, in a deal, as has been reported. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but one thing that's for sure is if 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 if... James Harden doesn't show up, he's going to get fined. And based on a new CBA, um, there's a chance where if he misses a, a few, like a number of games, he could um, fail to become a free agent next season. I don't know how that will go. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a CBA expert or anything like that, but I'm just telling you what the experts say. So um, I don't know what the teams, how, how the teams are going to handle it. And you know, if you have a player that's that much disengaged, especially as a star player, he's like probably like the number two guy on the Sixers, and he doesn't want to show up. Sometimes I feel bad for the Sixers, you know, because having to go through this whole thing again, they had to deal with Ben Simmons refusing to be on the team, and now James Harden. Um, it's 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 bad for the team and it's bad for the league also, you know, having you know that much. Um, animosity between players and organizations that they play for. But uh, I hope this gets resolved real quick so that the teams, both parties can move on and then focus on the, the, the season. Because it's not become like an arbitrage on the neck of the team because exactly. what's going to happen? Nobody's really thinking about how the team is going to be. Nobody cares about how well James Harden um, Embiid is going to play this season. Nobody knows. Nobody even cares if he's going to play enough to, you know, defend his MVP title and all these things. Everybody's thinking about James. So if, if James isn't there, they have a good player, Tyrese Maxey, who can um, 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 take that position. But the thing is, uh, is the team preparing, has the team game plan for him to be that guy? Because mm-hmm. they don't know if James is going to be back or even if he's back, is he going to be like really engaged and play up to his potential? Because like, <laughs> make no mistake, like he was very, very good, like, he had like 21 and 10 last season or something like that. Like, he was a real good player. But the off-court drama is way too much and that's his win on, um, on, on, on the team. I would, would like find a way to, to sort this out so everybody can move on and then 
they can focus on basketball. And I think sometimes the players have been treated, you know, unfairly when it comes to organizations and how they handle business in this NBA team. But hey, like I said, business is business. People need to make money. So, yeah, I mean, that, it happens. It happens almost all the time, and um, we don't know what happened between Harden and um, Murray. We only know what has been speculated, right, regarding mm-hmm. the contract. But I mean. It's not just Mori, right? Mori just acts when it comes to like big contract, big, big contract decisions. It's not just the GM, it's like ownership, right? And so, if you look at how like Harden chickened out in, in the playoffs against Boston, where you couldn't do nothing, if you're a team, you are not investing so much because the guy is looking for a max contract. That's that's the bone of contention, you know, between both of like both of the team and then Harden. He claims he promised him a max contract. And he, the team doesn't think he he played up to that expectation in the uh, in the playoffs because they are trying to win a champion. They are not looking for a regular season guy. They are looking for like a championship um, caliber player. But I don't know why they also thinking because this guy's resume is there, his playoff resume is there. So I don't know what we're expecting to get from him. But anyway, they they just didn't think of him as that guy who was going to help them. So even though they had like a handshake, wink, wink, uh, you know, agreement. Um, last season before he took a pay cut in, with promises of getting a, a max contract this offseason. That didn't pan out well. So it's time for everybody to take the L and move on. Okay. Everybody needs to take the L and move on. We'll look at the Milwaukee Bucks and then we'll just drop the whole preseason stuff. We'll come up with more preseason about your other favorite teams. But the Bucks have a new nickname in town and it's called Freak Time. Don't know why they thought that was a good idea, but that's the that's the name they came up with. Anyways, well, I I'm going to tell them to pause. You think they should pause? <laughs> this this a heavy AEO big pause, man. But anyway. well, let's leave let's leave that to Mason Cameron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Damian Lillard finally finally broke up with that ex or that that burden of a girlfriend that he had. I mean, I won't call it a burden, but he was he had a great time in the city of Portland now. Damian Lillard is not all is no longer going to represent Rip City, but he's in the he's in Milwaukee now playing for Bucks alongside former Finals MVP, former MVP, and former NBA champion. Yeah, that's it's the combo now. Hopefully, this partnership is going to come up with something great for Milwaukee with the likes of Chris Middleton and Bobby Porter Jr. You know, helping now. I remember during the preseason, Yanis made a three point. And he had his mouth wide open, telling the you know the press that he's never been this open, and he he has to thank Lillard for all this stuff. So, how is the relationship going to look like for you? And do you think this is a potential winning title team for Milwaukee? I mean, they're also firepower, so no way, no two ways about it. Dame is Dame, Giannis is big time, so. Adding him and Chris Middleton, a healthy Chris Middleton on this team with Brooke Lopez and then Bobby Portis and then all these guys, they are going to look good. And adding them to it definitely, um, you know, extends their championship window. If you look at the things Yanis said last season, and then in the offseason, talking about how he would definitely like to play for Milwaukee if they were able to put him in a position to win. It was just, you know, 
important that the team made such a huge move and <laughs> swooping in to steal them from um the Miami sweepstakes. So definitely it's 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 something that's going to help the team, especially offensively. And if you look at how they mostly needed help in in current time situations, you know, Dame is like a huge, huge clutch player, one of the best in history. So adding him to your team, it's 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 a no brainer. And I mean, the the team is going to play differently because now it's going to be like a big time floor space in, in the game where Yanis doesn't have to always run into a crowd in the paint. You can just drive in and kick to somebody else. And now you you have to make that decision, you know, make that business decision. Are you going to double Yanis and then let Lila take 12 or 15 threes a game? Or you're going to guard Dame too much and let Yanis have his time in the paint. So... They're going to have so many offensive options, and so the team is going to be fun to see. Okay, the team is going to be very fun to see, and I personally looking forward to that because finally it looks like Damian Lillard has another, you know, all-star elite player to play alongside. And not to say that Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, CJ McCollum weren't there, but they're not Giannis because Giannis is giving you 40, 30 consistently every night, and Damian is, you know, hurting you from deep, so Inside and outside, a hey, old plus, but yeah. <laughs> they're just going to be a very difficult team to beat. And like you're saying, if it's a very healthy roster, they are, of course, there in terms of a team uh, to look out for. And one last thing, uh, I think we look at the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think they had a very great preseason because the chemistry for Doncic and Irwin still kind of looks missing. What don't you think? Well, uh, that team is a weird team, you know, but they resigned Kyrie and then they got a few guys when they signed my own guy, Grant Williams. Um, we are looking forward to see how, you know, Kyrie and then um, Luca would turn out this season, looking at how things went towards the end of last season where they had to tank uh, and not make the playoffs. But... It's it's something that we would have to see. They they they, they drafted uh, two guys, Derek Lively and then um Omax Prosper. They are two guys who are also looking to help the team. They are rookies, so you can't bank too much on them. But it's 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 not a team that's going to make too much noise. Luca is going to be Luca. Kyrie is going to be Kyrie. But if you look at how stacked the West is, it's going to be a difficult difficult task. For the team, but let's see what Jason Kidd is able to squeeze out of his boys. Hmm. Anyways, uh, we we're just gonna pause on this episode on the teams to look out for. I mean, there's more gonna come in the upcoming season. Oh yeah, uh, I wanted to wrap this up, but yeah, of course we can't look at. There's there's no way we can look at another team without looking at the LA Clippers. Man, I I lo- I totally forgot about the Clippers. Well, this. There's the whole injury situation, load management becoming you know a problem for LA Clippers. But what do you think of Westbrook, Kohai, and Paul George again coming back for another season? And potentially there was some serious conversation apparently going down between Clippers and Harden. But you know, Daryl Murray calls the LA Clippers not a serious team uh to have a conversation with. But the Clippers, do you think this is another season to load manage? I mean, for for that team, health is everything, right? Health is everything. If Kawhi and Bojo are healthy, it's, it's, they are a wagon. But you can't just bank on Kawhi and Bojo to be to be this um 
you know, if if the team is not healthy, because imagine look at how good Kawhi was playing last season in the playoffs before he, he he was injured, like like real real good, like he was killing it, and all of a sudden he had he had an injury. So the injuries has been the the, the problem of the, the Clippers. So all they can pray for is help because the team is good. They have, they have Russ, you know, Russ doesn't have to be MVP Russ. He has to just come in and play his role. And then you have Terrence Mann, you have Paul George, you have Zubat, you have Kawhi, you have Powell, and then all these guys come off the bench, both Highland, both Highland started a point guard in one of the preseason games. So the team is the team is a it's a team. It's a routine, it's a road championship team. No matter how <laughs> we try to forget about them based on their own problems, but they are a root team. And if 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 they are if they are they're healthy, they will definitely make some noise in the West also. No two ways. Okay, so that's it for today's podcast or today's episode. Like I said, we're going to look at other teams as well. So we brought you Kyan Ketsi, uh, my brother Jamie, all the way in New York. Uh, this couple of teams to look at. And these are some of the interesting things you should look out for as well. New season is one sleep away. Uh, we're going to look forward to opening night. We're going to talk about opening night in the next episode. So just listen to this episode and find out what your team is up to. And, you know, it's going to be more coming. So uh like i said guys we're back and we're back for good and it's going to be a great season that i'm looking forward to because it's been a long off season i know you guys can't wait for more and like i'm saying this time around we're not going to hang you guys with episodes we're just going to drop like we're dropping three pointers like steph curry range you know so hey we're we're, we're going to be here so this has been the Women NBA podcast my name is Steric i did this with my brother all the way in new york jamie so it's a pleasure to have you guys here. It's going to be more episodes coming your way. Until then, stay safe, be good, and watch out for the next episode. It's bye for now.